Welcome back to Pretty Good Vibrations, the podcast that analyzes and celebrates ska punk music and the crucial role that it has played in certainly my adolescence and uh, maybe, maybe up to early adulthood, but that's pushing it. Although it's it's stuck around for me. Uh, I'm joined by my friend Joey Leibolt, who you will remember, listeners, from the Rancid versus No Effects tournament. Joey, welcome back. Hi, thanks for uh, having me. This is fun. This is a lot of stuff that I haven't heard in a very long time. Well, one of the fun things is going to be like what holds up and what doesn't. (laughs) So that'll be an ongoing conversation. But it did seem like a good fit for you to come on and do this as your next episode with me because three of the bands that were in that tournament, Rancid, Operation Ivy, and No Effects, are going to be in this tournament. And what I like to do in that case is like handicap those bands and not, we're not allowed to like, they can't compete again with the same songs uh, to kind of spread it out and, you know, just let other bands kind of come to the fore. So that's nice. So you've already heard the songs that we are keeping out of the running by those artists. Also Rancid, I mean, ska punk band, more Mm -hmm. punk than ska, but really quite a bit of ska in their, in their uh, catalog. I think just defining the genre was like an interesting mental exercise because there's these bands that are like clearly ska centric and then the ones that dabble in it. And we talked about that. And then even the ones that have like a one or two songs that do it. And so picking the, the, um, the lineup was probably an interesting endeavor. I'm glad I didn't have to do all of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about kind of how I ended up, picking the lineup in a bit, but let's define it. So ska has happened in three main waves, although you could maybe say there's like a fourth or fifth, like an ongoing wave, which we will talk about in a minute, but basically there's three main waves of ska on a previous episode with Chris Cron. We talked about the first wave out of Jamaica and the second wave centered in England, two-tone ska in the eighties. And those then were kind of followed up in the 90s, predominantly in the 90s, although Op Ivy uh, is late 80s, in America mostly, and mostly combined with punk, and that's third wave ska. Now, there are some bands that don't utilize punk, like the Pie Tasters and the Toasters, who are third wave ska bands. They're not included here. This is really getting at bands that fuse those two genres together. And I think it's so interesting that the particular combination of punk and ska, maybe not exactly in the same song, but was already present in one of the first punk rock bands and arguably the the greatest original punk rock band, The Clash. Uh, And I'll just play a little clip here. This is Wrongham Boyo, which is a cover of an original Jamaican first wave ska song. That is on The Clash's third album, London Calling. So it's there, it's really there from the beginning of punk rock 
it obviously makes kind of a, a new kind of comeback in, especially in the nineties. And basically the stuff that we are talking about today all goes through operation Ivy. They are the ones who kind of love the clash. Tim Armstrong, who's in op Ivy and eventually begins rancid loves Jamaican music to this day. And we talked about it a ton on that episode, you know, all his solo stuff and the Tim time bomb stuff. Like he's just really into Jamaican music. I love that about him. And this combo of punk rock and Jamaican ska is one of those like happy accidents that does not feel like it was at all inevitable uh, other than the clash kind of staking out that territory to some degree uh, from the beginning. But yeah, when what was the first ska punk that you ever heard? Do you know what it was? Uh, Five Iron Frenzy, a flowery song. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I played it tonight um, and I was reminiscing about it with my wife and saying that basically I remember like distinctly playing it. It was amazing. Like, I just remember it hitting me and being like, I have never heard anything like this. Like I had heard reggae before. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of reggae at least. Um, and I remember hearing it and just thinking like, this makes me so happy. And, yeah. um, and that song in particular, is just like, a, it's, a, it's literally called a flowery song. And this happened with a lot of music that I liked in high school. Um, but I played it for somebody in my high school, like church youth group. And it would, did not have the effect on him that, I thought it inevitably should have on anyone. And he yeah. just like looked at me like, what, what is this? And yeah. I don't have a lot of memories of like my first time listening to like certain bands and stuff like that. But that definitely hit me as like, I had never heard anything like it. And I really, really liked it. And it, I don't know how well even that song totally holds up now for me, at least personally, but well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not in the tournament. Like yeah. it's definitely the first baseline I learned to play. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's we'll play a little bit of a, a flower. I mean it, it's the thing about the five iron stuff, we're gonna talk about five iron, but it's very like orthodox Christian lyrics a lot of times. Like it's right. very almost straight up worship. Yeah. And that hits differently these days and I don't think helps it hold up sort of aesthetically, artistically. Uh, but some of it very much holds up in my opinion, which, which, uh, we'll get to, but this is, so this baseline is the first thing I learned to play on bass. And I was so pleased with myself. Uh, I think that what I heard first, which is also from that Christian ska movement was the Supertones, the Orange County Supertones. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I heard them before I heard Five Iron and their first record, which is what I would have heard, sounds pretty terrible. Uh, here is, <laughs> he, I think this is what I, I first heard, a, a song called Adonai from yep. their first record. Uh, they, their record, their recordings got a lot better than that. Supertones did not quite make the cut, which I'll talk about in a sec. But that, like, I was in seventh grade when I heard ska, and you know, actually, I think what I heard first, and I mentioned this on our other episode, was probably "Time Bomb" by Rancid because it was on the radio. But it wasn't ska punk. That song wasn't. Rancid was a punk band. Rancid is a ska punk band. 
at least at times. But that song's just ska. So the combo of like a ska verse and a punk chorus, that first came through the Supertones, and I found Five Iron and The Insiders, the other Christian ska band, uh, through, you know, I've said it before, but my mom would buy the albums if I got them at the Christian bookstore. If I didn't, I had to pay for them myself. So I was incentivized to find as many bands that I liked as possible in the Christian market. And so those were the bands I found. Uh, and then Real Big Fish, which was all mm. over the radio. And that kind of cemented it for me. And it, I listened to ska punk almost exclusively for probably a year and a half, two years of my life. And uh, not I, I was still listening to like alternative radio, Foo Fighters and stuff like that. But this was really... Um, this was the most important music to me. And I was thinking about it today. I think that it is the first music. It's certainly the first subcultural music I ever got into. Because by the time I heard grunge, it was plastered all over the radio. You know, I didn't hear Nirvana bleach. You know, I didn't, I didn't, it was like post Nevermind. You know, the pumpkins were big. Pearl Jam was big. Allison Chains was big. That was not like, you know, a little thing I was a part of that was mainstream culture, but ska was the first non, and it, you know, it got kind of mainstream with, mm -hmm. with the radio and, and stuff, but it was, it had a subculture to it. It had a dress code. I never did the whole like tie <laughs> and hat and suspenders thing. Did you ever go that far? No. Um, I was going to ask, did you ever skank? At, oh, at I did a lot concert? of skanking, okay. lots of skanking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was big into that. That's the uh, the particular type of dancing associated with ska music, and it really, you know, it was like probably my first like mu subcultural music as identity in, mm. in my life, which you know has basically remained a part of my life since then. And you know, so a lot of it doesn't really hold up. Some of it really does, I think. But man, like in terms of a, a place in my life, it's. Uh, you know, depending on how much weight you want to put on like adolescence and finding yourself and all of that, I mean, you'd have to weigh it pretty, pretty heavily uh, in, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's similar for me. I think, um, you know, talking about how it holds up for me now, it's like the, the, the distance between the stuff that I really like in the ska punk world and the stuff that hasn't held up for me is so far like yeah it's really far like, yeah, yeah i was you know going into like the rancid op ivy no effects i was a little torn because i was like i like all this stuff and look you know with this stuff i kind of feel like a lot of the decisions will be a little easier yeah <laughs> because i think there is such a huge gap between because it i don't like and i don't know why that is but just like some of the bands like their sound or maybe it's the production or whatever like it just did not age out of that two year window very well mm -hmm. for me at least. And, but some of it clearly does. And I'm, you know, it'll be interesting to explore why, why some of it does hold up um, and some of it doesn't because I'm not sure what it is that helps one of them sound better than the other to me now, but um, it's, it's really interesting. Like I was thinking, there will be like a recording of, budget element here because a lot, most of these records that were done in the nineties were not done with really big budgets. You know, right. like the second real big fish album was the second or third, however you want to define it. Sublime album probably had a pretty healthy budget. You know, there were some good budgets, no doubt had a good budget, 
but a lot of this stuff was done pretty cheaply. And, well, and that I, is a, that's an element. And I wonder too, like, and you would know more about this, but like, you know, punk, you can do pretty like DIY low budget and pull it off because that's part of the sound. And yeah. it's not that complex in terms of like instrumentation and everything. But then with sky, like you have horn sections, you have like 13. It's more different... difficult to mix yeah, all the instruments so together. Sounding good. Production yeah. yep. makes a bigger difference with this. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's right, especially in the mix, right? You yeah. you got to find well. There's there's an arrangement problem there, so mm -hmm. if you want to have horns playing essentially counter melodies, that is melodies that are not the vocal melody, um, that are often going at the same time as the melody, which can be very effective. A good counter melody sets apart can set apart a good song from a great song, mm. uh, but you also then got to go. Okay, so the the brass can't fight with the vocals but it also can't fight with the guitars or the drums you know so you've it's it's a higher degree of difficulty than a three-piece punk band is mm. in terms of like getting it to sound good and congeal together so I, that's certainly an angle yeah um let's talk about the bands that we are going to have here so i was doing a little research and looking around and sort of I, I like to sort of expand the list and then kind of look at it and then figure out if this is going to need to be like a 32 band mega tournament or if it's going to be closer to 16, which is a normal length. And in doing so, I had known this for a while that there was a continuing ska scene after it sort of immediately dropped in popularity uh, like a like a lead ball around 1999 or, or so. Some of these bands are cool and weird and they never got really big because ska has not really had uh, its day again. Probably the closest thing to ska having its day is in terms of new artists is the interrupters from Orange County who do well on like K rock and other alternative radio stations here and there, mm. but it's kind of regional still it's, it's New York. It's, it's Southern California and it really has not had a resurgence and so these bands have done some kind of cool under the radar type stuff. And I've included uh, just a, a handful of those in the grouping. Let me talk about, just mention a few bands that did not uh, make the cut and they didn't make the cut primarily because of Spotify popularity. So that's Mustard Plug, Fishbone, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Big D and the Kids Table, Buck 09, Dance Hall Crashers, The Supertones, Skank and Pickle, The Hippos, MU330, Link80, and Slapstick. These bands did not make the cut. I will say right now, there is a very good documentary, quite capably made and narrated by Tim Armstrong, called Pick It Up. And I'm looking right now where you can watch this. It looks like you can watch it for free on Tubi or the Roku channel with ads. Um, it's it's fun. It's well made. It's got an 8.1 on IMDb. Like it's you know, it's, it's not a waste of time. If you're interested in this topic and sort of the narrative around it and hearing from uh, most of the bigger artists in that scene, I would recommend that doc. Have you seen that, Joey? I know I have seen it. Um, it's been years, so I don't totally recall. Yeah. Um, it, ca it came out in content. 2019, I think four years yeah. ago. Yeah. I think I, I think I saw it like maybe during the pandemic or something um, yeah, when I was just probably. watching random stuff, but it didn't, I mean, it didn't stick with me. Like I haven't, really revisited it yeah 
You don't regularly revisit documentaries three years later? No, I mean, yeah, like, I, you know, it's part of my life I'm trying to move past is, um, I don't know, um, you know, <laughs> just watching random stuff on YouTube. Right now, my YouTube algorithm is all Minecraft stuff. So, yeah. um, thanks for I got for a lot kids. of Transformers toys stuff yeah? going on okay. in my algorithm. Which, I mean, Scott I, does dovetail with all that. It's pretty well, well. It's a playful style of music. It's very playful, very kid-friendly. That's actually, can you talk about that? Because I, I know that that was one of the places where you have found a connection point was some of these bands and songs were a good fit for playing in the car with your mm -hmm. kids when they were younger. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, for sure. Like, uh, there's a few, or maybe like... I'm trying to think um there's a couple rancid songs that have made have made the cut um they're like goldfinger um, yeah 99 you know their cover of 99 red balloons mm -hmm. um it's a good song it's fun um oh man i'm trying to think what else i mean there's a lot of like reggae on our yeah. little playlist as well um yeah. it's just all you know there's it it does that music can can do a lot like it and i think that's one of the things that turns people off with ska is it, you know, there's like, I think, I'm sure you've probably seen it. There's like a, a meme that went around. Maybe it was just between a couple of friends of mine and I like, but it's, I've seen it elsewhere that says something like, ska is the sound that occurs in a 10 year old's head when mom says mozzarella sticks are for dinner or something. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Um, there is like a simplicity and a playfulness to it though, that I think it does turn a lot of people off because it doesn't sound like a serious, it doesn't sound like a style of music that takes itself seriously at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's kind of what I love about it at the same time. Um, and I think like, yeah, like my kids respond to it, they enjoy it. And some of it, there is an overlap between what they're willing to enjoy and what I also like. Um, so yeah, that's been kind of fun to like revisit some of that music with my kids. Um, and kind of we'll see if it sticks but um yeah. i'm not sure they yeah. actually like um rudy can't fail the clash song off of london calling so uh, good. we always sang that ruby can't fail because my daughter's name is ruby yeah um so that's one that's been in our um on our playlist for quite a while so uh, couldn't help it yeah. Also, the interrupters have made it have made it into my kids' um, ears quite a few times too. Like they have. Yeah. Um, oh, there's like a song they do actually with Rancid, um, like something like "We've Got Each Other." I forget what it's called. Um, I mean, they owe more than yeah. a debt of gratitude to Tim and Rancid. I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of their whole blueprint. But yeah. hey, why not? It's been it's been twenty plus years since that was, you know, like a real viable sort of mainstream form of rock music like just because they're still going doesn't mm -hmm. mean you can't you know give your little take on it yeah of course with like a she's got a real uh, is do we do we describe women's voices as husky anymore is that not the right word anymore <laughs> raspy um, I kind mean, of there's yeah there, there is, it's it's very cool it's a very yeah, cool voice like yeah. when i first heard them it reminded me of the distillers a little bit her voice yeah, especially um, the first record which is more yeah, punk yeah yeah so I want to call out one, like there's a bunch of, there's some fun stuff going on these days around ska punk. So there's this guy, Jeff Rosenstock. He is now more of a punk artist 
Mm-hmm. And I would say probably if we do like a, you know, 2010s or even like contemporary punk rock episode, he'll make it on there. He's, he's, he's a, his name pops up a lot when I talk with people about this stuff. And he has a, a record called No Dream that he put out in 2020. And then, you know, mid pandemic, he made a ska version of that album called Ska Dream. And I just thought I would like play little clips of this. So the track from No Dream that's called Scram gets re-recorded as Scram, capital S-K, lowercase r, capital A-M. So like ska, he puts ska in all the titles of the songs. No like time to skank. Artist, right? Yeah. Ska Dream, Horn Line, Pick It Up. Okay, so here's here's the the punk song, Scram. And then here's the ska version. So he he's not in the running as Jeff Rosenstock because his music is mostly punk, but he did start two of the bands that did of the newer bands that made it in to the tournament. So we will hear from him later, which maybe this is a good time to, to, to give the list of artists. So here's all the artists that are competing. We actually did 20. So there's going to be four play in rounds before the first round. And that's in part because I got a baby coming in the next two weeks here. And I I feel like I'm going to end up having some time for some silliness Mm -hmm. and why not just do this over two evenings? Who the fuck cares? So let's just hear a few more bands. So Sublime, The Aquabats, Bomb the Music Industry, that's a Jeff Rosenstock project, The Interrupters, Less Than Jake, No Effects, Mad Caddies, The Arrogant Sons of Bitches, another Jeff Rosenstock, No Doubt, Suicide Machines, Goldfinger, Catch-22, Five Iron Frenzy, Real Big Fish, Operation Ivy, Rancid, Save Ferris, We Are the Union, The Mighty Mighty Boss and Streetlight Manifesto. Any responses to hearing those artists in a row, Joey? Um, it's interesting to me because like you, this music took up a very healthy chunk of a couple of years for me. And I don't know a lot of these artists' music beyond like one or two songs, um, which I find interesting. I think I was pretty narrow in terms of what I was listening to, and I went all in on the ones I was listening to. Um, but no, it's fun. I think it'll be fun to listen to some of them. Like even like No Doubt, you know, they're they're kind of not like they they were so long not a ska band, and then Gwen mm-hmm. Stefani did her own thing, and so like. The idea of them getting their start as a ska band and yeah. going back and like re-listening to some of that will be really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then even like really Sublime. a lot of their first record is so they had records. Sorry, Tragic Kingdom is like not their first album, uh-huh. but it's their first big album. And they were like a straight up ska band before that. But they kept a lot of it around and even on a bunch of the singles, like these are massive radio songs and still some of their biggest songs that I think plausibly pass as ska. Um, and that, and like sublime too, I just want to, I want to address the sublime elephant in the room. Okay. (laughs) And then I, I know I cut you off. That was, no, that that was, I was going to go, I was going to mention something. We got to address sublime. Okay. So here's the thing. Sublime is more than a ska punk band. They incorporate reggae. They incorporate hip hop. They incorporate, I guess you would just call it like alternative pop. 
Um, but they do a lot of ska and they do a lot of punk. And they have plenty of songs that are straight up ska punk combo in the song. For instance, same in the end from the self-titled album. Let me just, just in case people are like, did they really do the ska punk thing, Dan? Is that really true? Here's same in the end. Down in Mississippi where the sun beats down from the sky. They give it up and they give it up and they give it up but they never ask why. Daddy was a rolling, rolling stone. Oh, he rolled away one day and he never came home. <laughs> it ain't hard to understand. This ain't his first master plan. What it takes to be a All that makes me think is why couldn't other ska punk bands have been as good as Sublime? That I mean, guitar that, tone and that chorus is so yeah. chunky and interesting. It doesn't sound like they just hit a distortion pedal and kind of did their best. Yeah, production-wise, that sounds great. Like, that it's, holds yeah. up for sure. Well, that record probably was quite expensive. I mean, they had a major label budget for that. Okay. Um, I don't know the particulars, but but yeah, so Sublime. And also, this is just, I get on a little soapbox sometimes about Sublime if I've had enough to drink. <laughs> I will not stand for the Sublime erasure in our generation, Joey. Okay, Sublime... There's so much cultural uh, prejudice against them because of their fans. <laughs> so it's like it's like earned. Is it only because of their fans? Though? I think it is not only, but it's largely because of their fans. Okay. But I think that what people misunderstand about Long Beach and Southern California in the 90s is that there was a true amalgam of cultures down there that what they were doing makes sense from that time and place. And they're so talented at like bringing all those different uh, genres and influences in and kind of making a synthesis out of them. Like, yeah, they're not high minded. You know, it's not uh, it's not pitchfork friendly, but oh, my goodness, it is just like such insane artistry. He's he was such mm -hmm. a talent. It's such a uh, so sad to have him gone so young. Um, they're just a great band and I, and I will die on that hill. So that's my soapbox. Yeah. I won't argue with that. Um, like I think, I think there are genuine criticisms, which we can go into this when, when we get to them, but, yeah. um, well, lyrically and his, I, yeah. his worldview, not, yeah. uh, not enlightened. No, no and in some ways he was like, you know, not to give him an, ex an out, but he was like in a particular scene that was not like the LA punk scene in general was not a PC scene. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. So like he, he, well, I think about scene. descendants mile yeah. goes to college, like homophobia all over that record. I mean, yeah. like, you know, it was, yeah, you, you got to control a little bit for time and place. But I think, um, and, and just in terms of just like music, um, and songwriting and like production and all that, like they are, they, they're one of the ones that I honestly, put in the category for me of like, this is still listenable. <laughs> yeah. Um, you yeah. know, when we talk about some of the stuff that I'm just like, I have no need to ever go back to some of that. I, mm -hmm. I enjoy it when I hear a sublime song still. Yeah. I, well, I love to hear that. Um, I let me yeah, remind I talk you off your soapbox. No. Okay. I'll, I'll just keep one foot firmly planted on the box and the other back on the ground. Mm -hmm. So reminding people, the rules of these tournaments, it's a March madness style bracket tournament, single elimination, each round, we hear a new song from each artist, and you get to pick, Joey. Ultimately, you are you are encouraged to decide song versus song as you hear it now. 
not your collective thoughts about the band, all their albums or one particular album or whatever, just as you're hearing it now. I have a couple vetoes. I think I have three usually. I never use all three. It's been a very long time. There's also a couple specialty cards you can play. You can do a pinch hitter where you choose a song that you'd like to swap out for one of the songs that we heard. Or you can do a rain delay, in which case both artists get the next song. That's uh, especially to use that if you're having a hard time deciding. You can defer to me if you like, but ultimately it's your call. And I have one move that I am allowed to play, uh, and I did opt to play it, and it is called the Gladiator slash Champion move, and I did that for Five Iron Frenzy. I they're like what the what the Spotify listeners like of that band was not cool with me, and I was like, no, I got to get something, I got to get some songs in here that I love to give them the best shot to sort of go as far as they can. A very important band to me, and I think a band that uh, lyrically, arrangement-wise, songwriting-wise, just holds up. They just have no business being as good as they are. Uh, they should be much more stuck in that time and place, and for me, they're really not. So mm. we'll see, but it's still going to be up to you whether or not they go on. You don't have to sort of bow bow to that. Um, any questions before we roll into to these play-in rounds? No, I think I'm good. Okay, so we've got four play-in rounds before the proper round one starts. First up, we've got the Aquabats against Bomb the Music Industry. Uh, the Aquabats are a zany Orange County ska punk band, and the the guys who started the Aquabats also uh, started that show Yo Gabba Gabba, that children's show. Have you ever watched that? Did you ever watch that with your kids? Uh, no, but I have. I'm aware of the show, and I did not know that piece yeah. of trivia. It's Aquabats. It's it's like the singer and maybe one other guy from the Aquabats. Uh, I think it's a Nickelodeon show. We never watched that one with Soren. Maybe maybe with baby number two. So from the Aquabats, we get super rad. If you look at the album cover of The Fury of the Aquabats, which is the uh, one of the two Aquabats albums that I owned on CD in junior high, you will notice a familiar face. In the Aquabats, he goes by the Baron Von Tito, but you and I know him as Travis Barker of Blink-182 <laughs> and Keeping Up with the Kardashians fame. He That is how Blink-182 met him, was playing shows with the Aquabats. Wow. And then he filled in when Scott, the original drummer, was sick or something. And then they were like, you should probably be in the band. And That's he was amazing. like, Blink, Aquabats, holding up the two. He's like, okay. I I'll mean, at the time, guys. Aquabats may have appeared to have no, a higher ceiling. You I don't think know. So ever? Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. Because at that <laughs> point, Blink-182 Dude Ranch had already probably sold like oh, a half a million okay. records or something. They had already had yeah. Damn It and Josie. And then, of course, their first record is Enema of the State and the rest is history. Uh, but that's the Aquabats. I like the song Red Sweater from that album. They are a very silly band up against one of these new bands, Bomb the Music Industry, which is technically like a punk ska collective 
founded by Jeff Rosenstock. And this song is called I Don't Love You Anymore. That's 2007. So he kind of started, his first record was 06, I think, with Arrogant Sons of Bitches, <laughs> that band. So he's starting his like ska punk career when Sherwood is like at the peak of emo pop. He just kind of missed it by 10 years. Yeah. But this is what he wanted to do. And I think that's so interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to hear those two side by side. I mean... It, isn't it amazing to hear the Aquabats and then to know that they went on to perform a children's mu uh, musical television show? Honestly, nothing like, has made no. more sense in no, the I world. <laughs> like the the correct response to you sharing that piece of trivia is, yeah, of course. What else would they course. have done? Of yeah. course. The universe does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, no, I don't know. It's uh, my first time. I mean, I've, I, I had heard the Aquabats before and I listened to them a little bit back in the day. Um, but I can say that it sounded very familiar to me. Um, I think in terms of how it's hitting me now, like it's interesting, the bomb, the music, the industry or the bomb, the music industry song. Um, it didn't sound like a ska song even to me. Like it's just like mm. piano and horns, but um, well, he's there's, yeah, I mean, I mean, there, it is, yeah, like, it, yeah fits. it is. Yeah, I, like, it fits, I, I, but... I feel like it fits, but it's just, it was inter It's an interesting. Well, there's kind of a Motown of... thing that bum, 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 uh -huh. bum, bum. You know, that's, that's very Motown. Uh, and really kind of, maybe even the way they're using the, they're using those horns in kind of a Motown way. You could, you could describe that as like, Hey, let's get some fresh influences here mm -hmm. from other forms of pop music that, that integrate brass. Yeah. So that, that would be no. probably like a, a charitable read of it. I mean, I think, you know, my, like, my initial reaction is to go with Bomb the Music Industry just because it sounds more interesting to me now. Like, yeah. I would, I would see myself going back and listening to more of that before I would go back to the Aquabats. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Same. Same. I feel like initially I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, and I think as that song kind of hit its stride, it kind of got a little more interesting. Um Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm pretty intrigued. I'm intrigued yeah. by that group. I also feel like if Sublime had gone up against the Aquabats, we, we might have ripped space-time continuum in some way. Uh, just like if Sublime and Aquabats had toured together, perhaps like Aquabats would have become gotten into much heavier drugs and never made <laughs> Yo Gabba Gabba. Uh, maybe just best to let them be kind of in their spot. Yeah, I uh, I like I like that record, Fury of the Aquabats, which is from '97. Um, 
I, I don't think I need to actually like play anything, <laughs> play anything by them. They very silly band. Uh, probably should try and get them in with, with this new baby boy. We'll see. We'll see if he would like them. Uh, anything to say about the Aquabats? Weren't they all Mormons or something? Or oh, wasn't maybe. That like, wasn't yeah, that, that like a, I feel like I remember hearing that at one point. Not that that has any relevance to anything, but that was just like one thing I feel like I know about the Aquabats or heard, had heard about them. Yes, they, they definitely the have, three founding members attended the same uh, Mormon, Mormon church together. Was Ward, Travis Barker one of them? Called, no, not Travis That would Barker. be interesting. Um, anyways, Don't no, think I think he, yeah. uh, Aquabats, they were like one of those bands that, you know, you talked about the sky uniform, like they just yeah they wore rash guards yeah like they were just like yeah they just decided like we're gonna dress up in costumes and Uh be really really silly and in some ways that is what's best about some of this music is like it's It's the purest form of a type of ska aesthetic and approach yeah Yeah, there's like no condescension involved in, in it at all like there's like the entry point is so low and that's, yeah. that's something yeah but it's that's populist like, but, but that's yeah. a good thing like it's you know it um i don't know it's the like completely unoffensive unless it just annoys you but um yeah but so i like them for that i'm glad they existed at some point yeah and uh i don't need to hear them again anytime soon Sure. (laughs) Okay, next up is another play-in round. This is Mad Caddies against another Jeff Rosenstock project. These are kind of lower, like they're not his current thing, so not as many Spotify listeners lower seating. Uh, Mad Caddies up against the Arrogant Sons of Bitches, uh, his other band. So from Mad Caddies, we get Road Rash. Up against So Let's Go Nowhere by the Arrogant Sons of Bitches. By the way, they have one album. It is called Three Cheers for Disappointment. Here we go. Okay, I got a couple of thoughts here. So Mad Caddies, when, when I talked about 80s second wave ska with Chris Cron on that episode, he was saying that some of that two-tone stuff almost sounds like circus music. Mm. And that's what some of his friends who don't like it would say when he would play stuff for them. 
And I think that's kind of what I was not into about Mad Caddies because I certainly heard them at the time. They were on like all the compilations, mm-hmm. you know, like what what record cover, what uh, label was that record on? So that was on Fat Records. Yeah, so I would have known their stuff. They'd be on all those comps and I never really latched onto them. And I think it's like they're doing the kind of vaudeville, almost circusy thing uh, with the way that they're utilizing the horns. And that just never appealed to me as much as the more straightforward, here's like an emotionally charged pop song with like some ska or punk elements to it. Um, that Arrogant Sons of Bitches track is crazy. Uh, and I love the punk parts. I don't know if I love the ska parts, but I think I loved the, I think I love the punk in it. What did you think? Yeah. Um, very similar, like that. Yeah. That, that Arrogant Sons of Bitches song, it, takes you on a little bit of a journey in those yeah. like 45 seconds or whatever. Um, Mad Caddies, like I saw them play with MXPX, like my freshman year in college, I remember. And I liked them a lot at the time, but I think I, I think I maybe owned one of their CDs for a while, but I didn't listen to it a lot. Um, I feel like both of these bands would have been just better punk bands. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, it's kind of like, even... why in 06 did they want to yeah. do ska? Is a well, good but even question. like the Mad Caddies, like the ska, mm. it's like, I like the song. And then they go into their little ska part. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. okay, really? Like, I you think I like agree. you suddenly like lost 10 years of your life and went to a circus. And then now you step <laughs> back out of the circus. It's like there's a punk show happening right outside the circus tent. And you're, you're stepping into the circus tent. And then you go back over to the vent to the punk show. And, and some people who join the circus genuinely do lose 10 years of their life. Joey. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Thanks <laughs> for raising awareness. Um, <laughs> but it's I, important so that people feel, know that. <laughs> I feel like um, both of them. It's like sad to say, but like the ska part, this I feel like holding them back. Yeah, um, yeah. But maybe I don't know. Maybe some people would disagree with that. I do think that the arrogant sons of bitches song was more interesting. Yeah. Um, that I, 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 I want to listen to more of that rather. And I yeah. Mad Caddies like it's fun to hear that again and. I kind of remember why I liked it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, it's a little too jarring for me. The, like the way that they step back into, I don't know, like it's, it's kind of like what you were saying with the, the circus music thing. Like in some ways, those, those ska parts of the mad caddy song is like the worst parts of ska. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of just, yeah. you feel like the song has all this momentum and then suddenly it screeches to a halt and then they stop and visit the circus. It's um, kind of like mariachi music where it's like, it's not, it's not that it's bad. It's just like, not for me. Yeah. And, and some of that, you know, squirrel nut zipper is kind of some of the swing stuff kind of mm-hmm. got that way. Some of the cherry pop and daddy stuff, it, it almost gets into mariachi territory, which is like, it's a perfectly legitimate form of music. And I'm not interested in listening to it personally. It it's just doesn't well, connect like a deeply. With me. And like, if you're talking mariachi, like, which is like a deeply cultural, like, right. And then this is not that at all. Like there's yeah, but I mean, has, I, I think they're drawing yeah. on legitimate, like legitimate harmonic and melodic forms. Right. Like they are probably interested in that music and those yeah. those forms of expression more than I am, and that's just you know that's just fine. Yeah, and there's um, there's probably some artistry that I might be missing with how like even those tempo changes and just like the there's an intentionality I'm sure in. Like in, in doing that, they're not just like, okay, now let's get silly again. Like yeah. there's, yeah. you know, and I feel like it just doesn't, 
some of that the, doesn't age out of that moment very well for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those kind of bands are fun in concert, I feel like, sometimes, if they can yeah. pull it off live, because it is quite the thing to, like, see a whole horn section at, like, a punk show and then to, like, step up and just, like, devolve into that kind of music and then to go straight back into something that's a little more driving, like, that that can be kind of interesting just to see how they pull that all together. But yeah, I don't need to like be, be listening to it <laughs> right now in my life. Um, <laughs> you don't need so. it right now on a Tuesday no, night. I mean, it's just like, it's a, it's a song yeah. that it's like, you gotta either be a, like the ones that just totally change from one genre to another within the same song. I just, I don't enjoy that as much in music as I used to. I feel like mm. if I want ska music, I want to listen to a ska song. I don't need- Joey, I got bad news for you with this tournament, man. I know, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm a little worried, but also like like when, you know, we talk about like some of these other bands like NoFX and who uh -huh. do that a yeah, lot too. We're gonna hear them, yeah. And they, I, when they do it, it doesn't sound really annoying to me. And I don't know why that is, but- we I, that, The that. Sublime track we heard uh earlier on from the self-titled that transition works for me for some reason yeah. in a way that some of the other ones don't it feels My, consistent yeah. with the rest of the song whereas like mm. some of that stuff just doesn't but i don't know yeah i'm not sure what that is so all right mad caddies are gone arrogant sons yeah. of bitches move on next playing round catch 22 i think a long island band only put out one record uh kind of a cult band Versus Five Iron Frenzy, and from Catch Twenty Two, we get Keysby Knights. It was the summer of a '95. So what? In the backyard, shaking the old plies, feeling some trouble. So Something went wrong. wrong. Shaking till my finger, what a singer! It was so long. I still remember that day like the day that I said that I swear I'll never hurt myself again. So it seems that I need to be wrong, to be wrong, to be wrong. Gotta keep holding on. That guy went on to form Streetlight Manifesto, which is the, mm -hmm. a bigger band. But you can kind of hear there's a little bit of wildness and chaos there. Mm -hmm. For sure. I really am struggling which Five Iron Frenzy songs to play. You can see here, Joey, as I share my screen, that I have chosen eight songs. Uh, the, the most we would ever hear is five if they went all the way to the end. So I am I am just kind of going to go with my gut here, pick one at a time. I'm going to start with Blue Come 78 from our newest album ever. So up against that Catch-22 song is Blue Come 78 by Fire Iron Frenzy. Driving down the road in September And I was only five but I still remember Where the highway turns at the bottom of the hill My parents pulled the front cause they loved each other still Maybe just a co-made of plastic An action of a sibling lacking cooth But something that was thrown at that window
All right. What are you thinking? Um, I was worried um, when you played that Catch-22 song because I actually kind of liked it. Um, or I found it intriguing. And you were worried that you were going to upset me by having them beat. I, well, I was just worried about, you know, yeah. us having a confrontational moment this early. Um, Follow your heart, Joey. You have, but, you and have it's permission. also hard for me because I'm going like, I've never heard that Catch-22 song. And then I'm going with a song that I've probably heard 150 times and yeah. seen live many times. Yeah. Um, but I do think I'm going to go with Five Iron Frenzy. Thank you. Um Catch twenty two, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to hear uh, Streetlight Manifesto again too, and yeah, maybe you know he still gets to be in, um, yeah. in the tournament. But yeah, I I kind of feel the same way as you. Like I want to handicap Five Iron Frenzy a little bit and help them in here because I feel like I it's almost like an experiment to see how well they do actually hold up because I have such fond memories of listening to them, um, and I haven't listened to them much in the last fifteen years. So I'm gonna go with them fun I, i'm gonna see yeah we'll see what you think of some of these other tracks which you may or may not know as well um nothing for me to say about catch 22 I, I i never heard them at the time uh, and streetlight manifesto i think also i didn't really know them either hmm. they now they do actually cover that song keys be nights it is it's one of their biggest songs i probably need to actually take that well i'll, I'll skip that when we when we listen to them but their first record looks like it was oh three so again okay. probably after i was listening to ska mm -hmm. i wasn't really into that anymore so another one of these maybe we'd call it fourth wave or or whatever you want to say just kind of that next generation of bands but we'll talk about them when we hear them five iron goes on last play-in round save ferris you know them mm -hmm. uh and by the way we will hear come on eileen it is a cover song but it's a distinct cover. It was a huge radio hit. I feel like they made it their own enough. There's a good decade gap uh, from the new wave hit. Versus We Are The Union. And they are another one of these kind of current bands. There's this uh, individual, Jer, goes by Jer, runs what is called the Skatoon Network that really I first saw the videos because they are covers of other songs in a ska format. Have you ever been sent one of these like ska cover of this song, especially during the pandemic? I feel like those videos were flying around. Did you ever see any of those? Um, not, not, I don't know what they are through like the way okay. you describe them. I mean, the okay. big ska cover that I kind of came on my radar during the pandemic was the Billie Eilish cover that the interrupters do. Have you oh, heard that cool. one? No, I haven't. No. Um, it's bad guy. Um, oh, you know, it's on, it's on the, is it distinct enough to, you know, I, I sometimes no, try and is. skip it's, covers, but we'll, we'll keep it. Okay. It's amazing. Cause cool. um, I mean, the Billie Eilish version is like really moody and like really yeah. um, interesting and the interrupters make it sound like it, it was written to be a ska song. Like yeah. they genuinely pull it off really, really well. Cool. Okay. Well, we may, we may get to that song. I don't know where it falls in their, in their tracks. We can even play it as we as we say goodbye to them if we need to. Um, but We Are The Union is Jer's band, and they are one of these kind of like fifth or like current, like currently active, like absolutely current ska bands with like a decent following. Uh, they've got, well, I mean, they got 31,000 monthly listeners, which is not, not a ton on Spotify, but is not nothing. Uh, but here from Save Ferris, take us back to... The radio in 1997, here is Come On Eileen.
from We Are The Union, We Get A Better Home from the album Self Care. Love that as a therapist. pairing yeah what are you thinking um i mean i i really still like that save ferris song um yeah it's a great vocal performance yeah and it it holds up i feel like um we are the union i could i could hear like them a lot of the new ska stuff that's in the last 20 years you know i don't know if it falls in the third wave ska category but like it's interesting like it doesn't it doesn't feel like ska has in many ways like evolved a lot since that like feels the, like it could have come out in 1998, you know, yeah, like not like really vocally, different. He has a little bit so, of like yeah. an emo tinge to his vocals mm-hmm. that I think yeah. is interesting. Like it actually yeah. works. I feel like that song was 2018. Okay. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm leaning towards save Ferris. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember them at having a very deep catalog of songs I liked. So I don't know. They had they another uh, radio hit that we'll hear next. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, I think that was that's kind of what most people heard by them. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as if it's song versus song, I think that that come on Eileen, like it's I mean, they just they did a really great job with like a cover and I'm I was very I'm very impressed by that song still. So Well, as we say goodbye to We Are the Union, it does look like Scottu Network has some Spotify presence. Okay. So let's I mean, I'm gonna you choose here. We've got you could choose from Paramore Misery Business, uh, Ska Punk, which is A-Punk by Vampire Weekend, <laughs> Blink-182, Damn It. Uh, what what sounds good to you? So these are covers? These like are Ska, ska covers, covers of, of these songs, yeah. Um, I, I'd kind of like to hear the Blink-182 one. I'm okay, sure, let's, I'd hear, let's hear yeah. Damn It, uh, the cover from Ska Tune Network. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to turn that off for you there, Joey. I can't listen to that. No. Uh, We Are the Union, quite a bit better sonically and more interesting than that. Okay, so that concludes our play-in rounds. And uh, tonight, we're going to go for another 20 minutes or so. We'll get partway through round one, and then we'll finish the rest of the tournament in part two, which we'll record at another time. So are we ready for the heavy hitters, the number one seed, Sublime? Enter the chat. They enter the tournament up against Bomb the Music Industry. Big big shoes for Bomb the Music Industry to potentially fill or, or fight against or whatever. Because from Sublime, we get a song that is certifi- certifiably a ska song. And by the way, if the bands are ska punk bands, 
then we have, then the song has to have ska. It doesn't necessarily have to also have punk in it. That's the okay. criteria. Because okay. they don't always have the punk, but they at least need to have the ska. So from Sublime, we get just an all-time Mount Rushmore song, Santeria. I don't practice Honestly, I think hearing Sublime in the context of 90s ska punk is such an interesting way to hear them. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that song, like, you know, you're splitting hairs a little bit, but like, it's really more reggae than ska. Um, I mean, the the guitar work is ska. I mean, uh, it's tough. It is splitting hairs. Not to dispute like their inclusion here, but I think it just, I mean, it shows in some ways how versatile they were. Like they really just did whatever they wanted. Um, Yeah. And they did a yeah. lot of it really effectively, but at a very high level. Yeah, that song doesn't sound like it came out of that era. No, it also doesn't age at all. That song sounds like it will just exist in a time vacuum. But from Bomb the Music Industry, we get Psych. Life is awesome. That one that wasted You were I like smiling. I just I, I just, I feel like I just aged five years. <laughs> <laughs> that made you um, feel five years older than you are to hear that? Oh, that I just feel like that took five years off my life. Like so stressful. And that guy, he clearly is doing whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, and he's following I his own music. Fundamentally respect him. Absolutely. For that. And yeah, same. Clearly, he has enough fans to like do it. Um, yeah. And it's not bad music. It's in, it's interesting, and yeah. uh, I'm curious to hear more at some point. But uh, this is not a hard decision for me. Yeah. So I mean, it's Santeria the, the by mile. Obviously, has to keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of the point. I think it's yeah. meant to be that way. And if yeah, you are sure. 16. And you hear that at the right time of your life, you're like, this mm-hmm. is me. You yeah. know? 
Okay. No, it, well, it captures a lot about what could be going on in the adolescent brain. Yeah. So bomb the music and, and industry. I mean that in a condescending way. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't. I know you don't. I know you don't. But that's because I know that you're a teacher mm-hmm. uh, and that you work with adolescent minds. You mold them. I have, I have great respect for the adolescent brain and great sympathy at times for it as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Sublime obviously goes on. Uh, next up, The Interrupters. Current era Orange County, California band up against Less Than Jake. So Ooh, we're, we're going to get into some difficult territory here. So from the interrupters, we get She's Kerosene. I'm a match, she kerosene. You know she gonna burn down everything. She an arsonist in her pastime. And I've been burned for the last time. Sometimes a, a ska punk song, you can get through two verses and choruses in about a minute. And you gotta Impressive. love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, up against Less Than Jake from Hello Rock View, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads. Don't you think it's strange that there's a way of how you looked and how you act and how you think? Pretend they're not the same as you. Don't you think it's strange that there's a way of how you looked and how you act and how you think? Pretend they're not the same as you. Do you know about a strength and conviction? Or how she puts all the faith in religion? Did we take the time to really discover? closer than that's that's kind of close mm-hmm. for comfort yeah i don't i i'm curious to talk to you more about that because yeah. i don't know which direction to go there um so hello rocky like, is think, 98 and fight the good fight the interrupters record 2018 those are separated by 20 years that's crazy and they're doing something quite similar i think like mm-hmm. i they're definitely of a piece with each other that's the first yeah. thing i thought yeah i mean i love like that interrupters song is so catchy and yeah poppy like the little like when they go from the chorus and it's like and then they just i don't know there's something about that that is really fun and they i really like their harmonies are great and then yeah less than jake also there's just an energy to them um it's and this is maybe stepping past just this one song for the interrupters they feel they sound like they are a group that was pulled together and given a sound and like had just a lot behind them to really heavily produce their music to make them i don't like 
I don't know. How, I don't, like, I'm not sure what I'm yeah. trying to say, but they. They sound like a ska boy band is what you're saying. Like they were put together. Of, yeah. And like by and a, some and I, third and I mean party. Almost like. Yeah. Yeah. And which is Tim Armstrong probably. Right. But like. <laughs> if it's anybody, um, it's him. Yeah. I mean, they're on Hellcat Records, I think. And I think he's collaborated a lot with them. But like. Um, I think they're on they're, Hellcat. And, and but, from their um, first record, they were on Hellcat. So yeah, if there's a, if there's a mad scientist behind it, it's Tim. But I, right. I actually think like here, let me, let me play a little clip from the first record from, this is from their first album, take back the songs called take back the, the power. Mm -hmm. And this sounds actually less curated to me. Okay. Which I, so I think it might just be interesting to hear the two. So check yeah. this out. What's your plan for tomorrow? Are you a leader or will you follow? Are you a fighter or will you cower? It's our time to take back the power. What's your plan for tomorrow? Are you a leader or will you follow? Are you a fighter or will you cower? It's our time to take back the power. What you gonna do when they show up in black suits? On your street and I'm in boots. Do I need to take back what I just said and, and say it, it sounds even more like they I mean, put together really, by Tim Armstrong? It's really clean. Like yeah. everything about the production and even like lyrically, like one of the reasons why I have been able to incorporate the interrupters a lot is because like, I don't think they like swear in any of their songs. Like, yeah. Good kid, and not that a band has music, to swear yeah. to have like street cred, but sure. it's, I don't know. There's, so I kind of lean towards less than Jake um, for that reason alone. Cause I feel like they've earned it more, but again, I'm getting away from song, song versus song. Song to um, song, it's tough. I mean, I think that yeah. the ver like that verse, well, here's one thing less than Jake incorporates horns and that interrupter's song does not, they don't have mm -hmm. horn players, at least not in the main core of the band. Uh, and I think that the horn, the horns in all my best friends are metalheads are really well written and kind of well, like laid in there. There's a, you know, it's, it's hard to say because that song takes me back to my parents' house when I was in high school and mm -hmm. the interrupters don't, they didn't start until 2014 for that first record, you know? And so it, it's hard to say, but I think there's a, there's a, they're not like that far apart, but at like a skill level, I might give the slight advantage to less than Jake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just feel like there is a, there's an energy to less than Jake that I don't get as much with the interrupters. Um, yeah. I don't know. And maybe that's kind of what you're, there, there's like a, there's a Ron, like maybe when you're saying it sounds put together, it sounds performed. Her voice is incredible. Like she's oh, got absolutely. a naturally just incredible singing voice, but it does, it feels a bit more curated. Whereas mm -hmm. less than Jake, you're like, Oh, these kids started a band. You yeah, know? like they sound like a band and interrupters. It feels, it just feels like I can tell that they recorded separate tracks mm. in separate rooms on different days. And like, you know, and even their like live performance, like they are really fun. I think I saw them open up for, for Rancid actually um, on that tour that they did with Dropkick Murphys mm -hmm. um, a while ago in Seattle. And they were really fun. Like they covered Toots and the Maytals, I remember, and I really cool. enjoyed it. Um, and they're and they're just like a super fun, positive, upbeat, like, and they sound good and they connect with the crowd. Like they do all everything right. Um, but I don't know, like less than Jake, I guess. Yeah, like to go back to that comment about like the energy, they just they feel like a band, like that 
has played together and written music together and are they just had a whole package to their sound i feel like that mm-hmm. is worth i think yeah okay let's, let's give so. it to them okay. interrupters great band love that yeah. they're i love that they're carrying the torch they're probably the most successful like current day ska band mm-hmm, i would say sure. And I'm sure Tim Armstrong's help is is a part of that, but they also are a really solid band. Yeah. So no, they definitely do what they do really well. Like, yeah. I will probably listen to more Interrupters in the next five years of my life than Less Than Jake. But, mm. um, but I, yeah, Less Than Jake, I don't want to, I don't want them out quite yet. But can you make sure you play that Interrupters, the cover of the Billie Eilish song? I will. That's I'm also going to really throw song. a couple songs from the from that Fight the Good Fight record 2018 that I really like. Broken World and Rumors and Gossip. They'll be on the playlist if people okay. want to listen and uh, shuffle the playlist. But here is Bad Guy, the Billy the Billy Eilish cover. Shirt, now red, my blood, you no know, sleeping. You're on your tippy toes, creeping around like no one knows. Think you're so criminal. So you're a tough guy, like a really rough guy Just can't get enough guy, just always a buff guy I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type Make your girl from mad type, my seduce your dad type I'm the bad guy Duh I kinda love that yeah, that I, I horn that. coming in there is so great. That's so great. It, it makes it sound like it's a ska song, right? Like it does. Yeah, it, it's like the it works song where you hear it and it doesn't sound like a ska cover. It just sounds like a really good ska song. Yes, there is a real history of ska covers. I mean, ska bands do a lot of silly things. That's kind mm-hmm. of part and parcel. And there's a real tradition of covers. You know, I try and avoid covers for the tournaments because I, you know, we we want to put originals up against each other. Sometimes the cover is like made so much their own that it feels like it makes sense. Like say Ferris had like a radio mm-hmm. hit with come on Eileen. Um, okay. Next up, this might be our last, might be our last one for uh, tonight before we go for a break. Maybe we'll do one more, but no effects against arrogant sons of bitches, the arrogant sons of bitches. Now for no effects. So we're going to get to this, but for operation Ivy and rancid who we haven't gotten to yet, we handicapped them pretty significantly because we heard a bunch of those songs in our previous episode together. But for no effects, we actually did not hear any of their ska songs in the tournament play. We played one or two, but we played them for fun as we said goodbye to an album. But they didn't actually compete. So we get we have full access to all of no effects's ska tracks and so these are their top ones in terms of spotify plays and so for no effects the first one we get is from so long and thanks for all the shoes probably their most consistent ska punk album has the most ska on it and it dates to 1997 so that that tracks uh we got all out of angst i'm not insane i'm not bummed out i got no one to blame nothing to change i got no I'm all out of angst. Society don't bother me, and there's something wrong with that. I'm all too bad. 
up against from the arrogant sons of bitches from their single album the last bell i will ever hear He has a real like party music vibe. Like it's huh. almost like an it's almost like an Andrew WK. Like yeah, there's um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, it, I actually really like. I kind of love that song. I don't know that. I mean, all out of angst is. I mean, that's like just, in my opinion, very high level ska punk. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that's their best, that's NoFX's best album, in my opinion, and in Fat Mike's opinion. And uh, it's got the most ska on it. So, you know, yeah. take what you will from that fact. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, All Out of Angst is great. Uh, there's a couple, like, kind of cringy lyrics in it, I feel like. But that's... Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not cringy, but just, like, I don't know, the whole, like, I'm off Going to, to Pakistan, Mon- learn yeah. the laws of Islam, that fundamentalism. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what, what are you talking it's about? It's a weird... It's I mean, a weird song lyrically. I just don't know what, uh, yeah, I don't know what he's trying to say there. But um, it's it's creative. It's it's fun. Like it's uh, yeah. Like for me, they have this, that song wins for sure. But yeah. um, but good yeah. showing, arrogant sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Way to go! Oh, that was the joke I forgot to make. Is that well, maybe it's just one person in no effects could perhaps be well described as an arrogant son of a bitch. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of a fun. Oh, the idea. I missed, no the, I missed the chance for that joke, but yeah, you know, maybe fat son, Mike. It's an, ar- yeah. an arrogant son of a bitch versus yeah. arrogant ar- sons versus of bitches. the arrogant <laughs> sons of bitches. Yeah, and one arrogant son of a bitch, one one sort of socially um, inaccessible person in El Jefe, and two really nice guys. <laughs> and the two Eric's. That's no effects. Uh, okay, so well, we'll let's do one more before we call it a night, and that'll be the halfway point of round one. So we've got no doubt up against the suicide machines. This one, I was look. I kind of circled this one in my mind as potentially quite tough. Yeah. Um, no doubt, where what you call ska is a little bit in the eye of the beholder. I'm 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 throwing a slightly wide net here uh, to be able to just sort of incorporate no doubt songs that we know and not have to go back to like their early stuff, which nobody who listens to this probably ever listened to maybe a handful of listeners, but it's very unpopular by comparison to their, once they kind of blew up with tragic kingdom, I am going to contend that just a girl has enough Scott in it to be their first song. Okay. And so we're going to hear that. <laughs> Actually, I feel like this is not quite scone. Let's just skip ahead to Spiderwebs. That 
more yeah. is. That literally starts out with like a ska intro. Obviously, they're already kind of playing with breaking out of that ska mold, mm -hmm. but there's enough of it in there. Um, it might not matter which No Doubt song we pick, though, because it is up against a buzzsaw, and that is the Suicide Machine's New Girl. You'll know it from Tony yeah. Hawk's Pro Skater. does that take you that's an interesting one um yeah i mean that takes me back to tony hawk for sure yeah. uh the whole like i can't wait to tell you he can't wait like, it's like uh -huh. a barbershop quartet kind of vibe uh -huh. a little bit i love it um it's just kind of funny um to hear it again those are like very i mean very different yeah and i mean i'm guessing the no doubt one was a few years earlier right yeah that's 95 okay. and destruction by definition 96 one year later okay honestly um, uh the suicide machines record sounds i mean the no doubt record sounds really good but there's yeah. little areas where it like sounds like okay that sounds a little mid 90s not in a good way i think that that suicide machines records destruction by definition is like like a perfect punk recording i love it yeah i think um i think the edge for me goes to suicide machines but yeah. the no doubt one i wonder I don't want to play pinch hitter, but, um, or wait, with rain delay is rain delay. The one where I would be the I next take... song for each pinch hitter. Yeah, you get I'd to be pick curious, a song. Cause I feel like I'd be curious to know where we would go with no doubt after spider webs. Um, uh, it would be Sunday morning, which is okay. a great, which is a great yeah. no doubt song. And, and for suicide machines, it would be break the glass. Okay. I mean, I think, yeah, either way, like I, I feel like if it's a ska punk tournament, like, yeah no doubt was getting a little loose with the with it's the a little loose but point. i thought it was fun to include them no it's yeah. a good song like that yeah. song's on my 
kids random fun playlist as well that we yeah. listen to sometimes. A lot, of, a lot of kids coming up here. Yeah, I mean, this it's, episode. It's, it makes it sense with frankly. The genre. It does um, fit, yeah. But um so it's it's fun like her voice is great in that yeah. song and like yeah. it, it makes sense why she went off and did her own solo thing, but um it's probably it, a better pop song. Yeah. uh than Suicide Machines, but like there is just a absolute kinetic energy to that band when they are hitting on all cylinders that is like just like pumping pure adrenaline into me yeah, his vocal delivery is a little bit like jesse michaels from operation ivy at times yeah because he like i hear that he spits out stuff so fast and he just like rolls from one word into the other in like the same syllable and just like it's like he's cramming so many words into such a short span of time that it's it has i mean it's very clear how heavily influenced by op ivy they were did you like hear a, him like on band. the Krista Makes podcast, the Listen Jake frontman, no. talking about, I don't remember if it was that song or another song from that album, but he apparently, the singer, was the just like- less than Jake or Suicide The Machines? guy from Lesson Jake's podcast, oh, he had okay. the, the singer oh, okay. of Suicide Machines on the vocalist. And he was apparently just like drunk the whole time and like not <laughs> that involved and didn't really, like it was his first recording experience- and it was shepherded by whoever produced the record and Dan, the guitarist, who I think was kind of the musical uh, head of the band. And then, of course, their their drummer, uh, who ended up, Derek, who ended up going to play an Alkaline Trio. It's just like a great all-time punk drummer. But the singer was like pretty out of it, but just a natural great punk vocalist, like obviously yeah. had, it, had it in him. Uh, and yeah, I just, that record uh, just, I just think it, stacks up holds up are they still so playing? well they are yeah they're okay. still playing putting out music and touring and stuff i'm not super familiar with the the more recent stuff okay so it's going to go to the suicide machines I, I i sort of expected as much by the way i did fill out a dan's guesses oh. uh, bracket and i'd actually before we end tonight let me just quickly check in how am i doing how did i how did i do this is like if you filled out your own bracket to try to make some money well, I'm kind of. I was curious what you were gonna do. So on the inch on the opening rounds, looks like I got all four of those, and then on these first four, uh, I am perfect. I am eight for eight as of now. My, what I thought you would choose. Am I that predictable at this you're point? Just, you know Joey, me too well. You're, I know you too well, man. You're yeah. so predictable. Uh, there's there's gonna be some tougher ones coming up, right. especially I think in to, like I'll round two. I'll try to surprise two. you in the next round. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to set uh, goals for ourselves. Yeah. You know? yeah. I know that as a therapist, I know that as just a person. Uh, well, Joey, that was really, really fun. And I'm excited for when we find the time to do part two sometime in the next couple of weeks. Me too. Um, maybe if, if we, we might get to do it before baby shows up. Okay. Uh, he's due to, to be here in 13 days, but he might come earlier. And uh, even if he, you know, even if it's after he's here, I might be a little slap happy and sleepy, but Honestly, it's a perfect time to listen to ska music. It's a perfect time. And that's kind of what led me to to sort of like get going on this one because yeah. it is like a it is kind of a perfect it's like, hey, I could I could do that like half asleep and the music will wake me up enough to like right. put together a competent episode. Right. Being tired with a bent towards silliness is exactly <laughs> what where ska music steps in exactly. and saves your day. Exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> might be perfect. Okay, well, We'll uh, we'll we'll catch you uh, for part two. Um, thanks, Joey. Yeah.